Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Liftoff! What's up, guys? Welcome back into Take It to the Tips. I'm your host, Matt, and with me, as always, Jeff. What's up, buddy? What's going on? How's it going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just uh, another day in the life. Great times. All right, so we're back. Uh, last episode, two weeks ago, we started and went straight AI, talking about practice. Uh, so if you didn't listen to that, go ahead and listen to it. Today, US Open just kind of wrapped up. Uh, John Rom won, awesome tournament. Um, and knowing some of the players that were competing, so John Rom and then somebody else that was kind of making headlines the first couple of days, Matthew Wolf, we decided we'd kind of dive into the mental part of golf a little bit um, and talk about that and just kind of discuss how um, the mental part of golf plays into you playing golf as well as kind of off the course as well. Yeah. What do they say? Like 90% of the game's mental, 10% physical. Basically. I mean, those percentages are probably off a little bit, but yeah, a lot of it's, uh, you know, it's a mental game. It's one of the best um, and most competitive individual sports. So you're playing yourself aside mm-hmm. from the course. So, yeah. you know, how well do you handle yourself on the course? That goes a big way in how you're going to play that day. Yeah. And the course ain't talking back to you. So it's just you really. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, before we dive into it, uh, nothing really new on socials for me. I've been pretty busy to be honest. I don't even know if I've been busy. I just feel like I've been tired with work. Um, anything new with you, buddy? Uh, <laughs> this last weekend was my first father's day. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Happy uh, first father's day. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I gotta say, I think I like Father's Day better than my birthday, because your birthday is like an event. You know, people come see you and stuff. People you don't want to see, and like they sing to you and singing. To, you know, I hate when people sing to me. Just yeah, I know about that. Life. Awkward. Yeah. Um. So I hate that. But Father's Day, it's like, hey, you want to do nothing, do nothing. And it's, it's my awesome. day. It's awesome. Nice. Um. So it's it's less of an event. It's great. I think right. I like it better. Sounds fun. So How did you, you watch? Uh, I didn't really do much. I watched a lot of uh, the U.S. Open. Uh, okay. Did you watch any of that on Father's Day? Uh, you know, I have it more on in the clinic when I'm mm-hmm. treating than I do when I'm at home, just because I've got stuff to do around the house. But when I'm yeah. in the clinic, I can always glance over while I'm talking to somebody. And yeah, the final round, then update you a little bit. Final round is crazy. Uh, after the front nine, I think Bryson had like a one-shot lead on like a crazy leaderboard, like Rory was up there. Colin Morikawa was up there. They're at like four under. Uh, John Rahm, I think, was at four under. And then Rory, Morikawa, and Bryson especially just exploded. Bryson shot a 44 on the back nine, so that was sick. Wow. Um, he's, he's one of us. <laughs> exactly, right? He had uh, – that's great. I uh, dropped my phone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he had a lead going into the tee on 11. He bogeyed 11. Double 12, went par, par, and then had a quad. No, he went par, 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 and then had an eight on 17, which wow. was sick. Got to love it. That's cool. Yeah, that cool. it was really fun. Yeah, then yeah. Rory, he had like a double bogey. Morikawa had a double bogey, so they fell off. Came down to Louie and John Rahm, who I'm a big fan of Louie, but he just can't come through. I hope he maybe he gets another British Open, but Rom sank like two crazy clutch, like, big break in 25 foot putts mm-hmm. um it was crazy awesome awesome tournament yeah i think i'm hit or miss on john rum i mean he's a great competitor but 
you know, the the whole issue that they, they he had a few years ago with whatever he was doing in the bunkers that was illegal. Um, he's a TPI guy. So from that standpoint, I kind of have to like him, but that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but good for him anyways, for winning that. Um, Louis just can't seem to close one out, huh? Uh, no, it does not seem like it. He's got like yeah. six second place finishes in the career. Yeah. Majors, which is crazy. So uh, we might touch on, you know, the clutch aspect today while we talk about the mental part of health. It's a good call. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit. <clears throat> so mental part of the game, like Jeff said, it's a huge part of the game. You can't, it's just you and the course and the court, like I said, the course isn't talking back to you. So using Rom as an example for like on the course, he's had it wrapped up recently. He's been able to control himself. He got a, um, a mental coach who actually used to be a, a bomb diffuser, which is really funny. Um, so he had that guy, he has that guy, which has helped him a lot, but he's had multiple like blowups, uh, that have led to a decrease in performance. <clears throat> the one that everybody talks about is 2017 us open. <laughs> he was like, I forget what he like whipped a ball into like no man's land. He like punted his wedge, tomahawked it, and then punched a sign like three times. And then he missed the cut. So that's the big one that everybody talks about. But now he's kind of got it wrapped up and he's a major champion. So yeah, that's where we're at with that. Yeah. Uh, have you ever played with anybody that's wrapped a club around a tree? No, I've played with with a head case though. And he he's listening <laughs> to this podcast. He knows damn well who he is too. Didn't we play with somebody that did throw their club and it snapped? He lives in California now. Shout out if he's did he? listening to the show. Yeah, he wrapped them. He hit. Yeah, he did. Nice. I don't remember. Yeah. I just could not imagine breaking one of my $100 clubs, $200 clubs, whatever they cost. That's just incredible to me. Yeah. You know, th- throw a ball into the water, that's fine. But breaking a club, gosh. Yeah, I've never had a, I've never broken a club except like old clubs that yeah. I could break. Because yeah. I, I just, I've just never had the urge. I've had the urge to like throw my clubs, but I'll do that every so often, but I've never like, came close to breaking one see i don't do that i more so just attack myself mentally and emotionally like just nice. degrade myself emotionally <laughs> I, I won't break anything yeah nice. <laughs> nice yeah you know what that's not good you know you gotta be if you don't have it under control so like if you have this increased tension throughout your swing and you're already thinking of everything that's going wrong and everything that can go wrong it's just going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy and your day is just going to get worse and worse and worse Uh, all that tension in the swing is not good physically for the swing plus mentally it's just gonna break you right yeah we we talk a lot about different stressors and and you know that frustration is definitely one of them that can can negatively affect you during during a golf game um you know i always think back to i forget what what movie is just a football movie but the one guy i think it's keanu reeves talks about quicksand um about being in a position and you just continue to bury yourself because you, you struggle harder and harder to get out of it. And it just makes it worse and worse. So 100%. It, yeah, I always try to, if I find myself losing it, I, you know, if I'm taking a cart or if I'm walking, I try to give myself some time. I, I might like, you know, go for a longer walk to get mm-hmm. to my ball and just try to diffuse the bomb um, to throw it back to John Rums coach, you know, mental coach. I try to diffuse the bomb in my own mm-hmm. head. Um, you know, I, I was playing with somebody today and he was talking about like, he, he was just stuck on the first nine. He couldn't do anything right. Um, 
and he tried to figure it out and it made it worse. So, you know, you just got to give yourself a second and just take it back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's something that we've talked about previously physically for the golf swing that you need to have something that you can fall back on that like grounds you and grounds your swing. Mm-hmm. I think that's critical for the mental game as well. Have some type of strategy that's going to be able to bring you back to kind of homeostasis that you're not freaking out. You just back to Zen and you can go yeah. on with your game instead of just continuing to go through that self-fulfilling cycle of just falling apart mentally and physically. You know, it's easy to care too much and it's easy to get to that point where you just don't care at all in your game. You just say, screw it up. This is a wash. This is, this round is a wash, but you know, you can always pull it together. You Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the person I played with today pulled it together um, because he started to care less, but care enough that he wasn't just blowing it off. Yeah. But you see, you see the, the stages that people go through. Oh, 100%. And yeah, you hear about it on golf broadcasts all the times. Like, oh, Dustin Johnson, he's calm, cool, and collected. Nothing phases him. You hear about that for people like that for a reason, because the reason they're so good and the best players in the world is because they, they have those strategies that when they're having an off game, they have something that they can come back to that keeps them on the rails instead of just totally wrecking. Do you have any of those coping mechanisms that you use personally? I think personally, I've just gotten lucky and I just, I I'm always just riding the middle lane. Like I never get too high, too low. Um, so I've gotten lucky. That's just how I am. But I think a lot of people would say that about you is that you don't get too emotional about anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like to (laughs) to a fault, like so much to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll play a song in my head if I'm really getting frustrated, you just have that song that, that kind of, like you said, brings you back to your homeostasis. Um, you know, I go for a longer walk. Uh, I don't know. So you don't have any mechanisms that you have to use. You're just, you don't No, I mean, if there's one thing that I think about, if I'm getting like real mad, I'll just be like, who gives shit? Like (laughs) I'm not playing on the PGA tour. I'm here to play well, but also like have that. I want to have fun. Um, so that's one thing that I feel like does bring me back when I just think about that. Um, cause there's no point really, obviously we want to play well and we have fun, but your game's not always going to be perfect and where you want it. So just knowing that it's not the end of the world, if you have a bad day and just bringing mm-hmm. yourself back to it is that's been helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When I was reading up about John Rahm, it sounded like he had to find ways to channel his energy and get it out of him in better ways than punching a sign. Um, so I, I think that's something that he had worked on was trying to, you know, I know he shows a lot of emotion when he golfs, so maybe he gets his emotions out in a positive way rather than that, that negative manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had some sick fist pumps on his last two putts after he yeah. won. So that was cool. So do you find any other, I mean, did you, in reading about John Rom, did you find anything that he also used or just something similar to that? Um, that kind of stuff? That's, that's really what it came down to. I think he just had, he just, got more of a different perspective on golf. Um, like he doesn't take it as seriously. Like for instance, he played, I think it was like the 2018 or 2019 players. And he was kind of having a meltdown again and everybody's like waiting for him to fall apart. And then like, he was getting chirped from the crowd. Like I think guy said like you suck or something. And he would usually like turn around and freak out. He just kind of like laughed it off as he was melting down and lost the player's championship. Um, so I think he just had like a, a new perspective, uh, as a mental coach helped him a lot, obviously now one thing that 
PGA commentary always talks about is people have these new perspectives on life. Um, Rom, for instance, just had a kid. They're like, oh, now he has this whole new perspective. So um, I think prior to having the kid, he had a whole new perspective, um, understanding how to how he should act, like kind of how his life is with golf and the appropriate way to act. And he doesn't have to get so crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And now he's, I think, I think he's taken him to a new level since having a kid. Um, and now he's major champion. So somebody legit just like, Gilmore, you suck. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Thing for him. Yeah. Cause his caddy was like, the worst security, get this guy out of here. Um, and then Rom just kind of laughed it off, which mm. yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, so talking a little bit more about the mental part of the game on the course, you know, some examples that I find is that you pull up to that hole and there's houses on the left or there's a highway on the left and you're like, I'm not going to hit that left. God bless. And, then you, and then you do hit it left or you do completely the opposite thing and you just hit it, blow it right. Um, you know, those would be one of those things that you have to be able to manage yourself, you know, kind of just see the fairway for what it is and don't see what is off to the left or off to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's golf courses that I'll golf frequently and it's like, Oh my God, I'm always in the bunker on this hole. And then you find yourself in the bunker again. Um, and like you said, it's a self-fulfilling process prophecy. You know, I golf with the person today was like, yeah, I'm going to three putt this and he three putted it. And you wonder like, would he have three putted that if he went into it with a different attitude? Maybe, maybe not. But I do think that if you go into it with a one mindset it's more likely that that'll happen than the than the negative or the opposite yeah yeah i forgot what i was listening to like with um thinking about if there's if there's water on the left or if there's houses on the left they're basically saying that your brain doesn't have the capacity to block out the negative in that word like don't hit it left all your brain Mm -hmm. hears is hit it left um (laughs) so that's that's all it can get through so you're just thinking about that you're gonna hit a left so you want to not say, don't hit a left. You want to say, hit it down the fairway or hit it wherever you're targeting and not yeah. focus on the negative of hitting it, not hitting it in the water, not hitting it on the houses or not putting it through somebody's windshield. Right. I started approaching a, a hole as in like, hey, if I'm going to miss on this hole, I would rather miss right. Or, uh, you know, rather than, like you said, pull the negative into it. I can't miss left mm-hmm. because then you're, you're hearing I'm like, I might miss left yep. rather than I, I can miss right if I need to, but otherwise I'm going to try to put it down the middle of the fairway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always think about when I golf with somebody and I watch them and they blow a putt past the hole, I'm really afraid about doing the same thing. And then I'll just put it 10 feet short. So that's something that I wish I could just play my own game and not have to deal with watching somebody else screw up. Because then I'm, I might just do the same exact thing. If I, yeah. if I see somebody chili dip it, I'm going chili dip it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's like when you first start playing the game, you're not really thinking about it. You're just kind of swinging freely. Mm-hmm. Then you get to a point where you start thinking about like strategy and you don't know how to think about it correctly. Then you get to those points where you're not thinking how you should. You're thinking with the negatives and you're thinking about what other people are doing and not thinking about yourself. So it's kind of that like more advanced stage that you're able to really hone your mental game and improve your game that way. Because at that point, physically, your golf swing should be there. Uh, at that point, it's a lot of just strategizing and working on that mental game. Yeah. 
that's part of the clutch thing that, that maybe we we're going to talk about was that you get to that point where you're at hole 16, 17, 18. And while every single stroke has counted up until this point, these ones seemingly count even more. It's like Ben Simmons hitting a, a free throw in the beginning of a game. It matters, but not as much as the last three minutes that you're really focused on him. Right. So, um, you know, the clutch part of it is if you can maintain the same mental capacity the whole time or the mental fortitude the whole time, then that's going to benefit you rather than finding that this, this shot matters more than the last one. Yeah, absolutely. And just wrapping that up with that clutch thing, it's like just this weekend, you think about it, Louie kind of, he's been shown to not have it. And John Rahm has been shown to have it. Multiple of John Rahm's wins have come down to like, um, playoff putts or obviously this u.s open came down to needing birdies on 17 and 18 they're long putts winding putts like broke five feet each um and he's able to sink them both whereas the last two times louis has had not even in major championships obviously this one was but uh he had a playoff a couple months ago with his south african teammate charles schwartzel and they're in a playoff and he just slices one on uh the first playoff hole into the water like not even close like into the middle of the water um and then 17 on sunday he, <clears throat> he doesn't hit crazy left but the one place you can't hit it on 17 at tory pines was left there's a like a ravine down there and it was ob so he hits it in the one place that you can't on 17 in the u.s open playoff previously rips it right into the water and then he's had five other um, major championships where he's come up second. Um, so he, some people have, some people don't. And the one major championship that he did win, he, it was a blowout. So he didn't really have to worry about any pressure at the end. So you mentioned that some people have it, some people don't, uh, you know, you hear about the clutch gene. Do you think that's something that somebody has, or is that something that you can develop or is it a little bit of both? I mean, I'm thinking it's a little bit of both. Um, you look at some people, it's like, I feel like obviously Tiger had it. Some of the greatest players of all time, they all have it. They're the greatest players of all time for a reason. I think, and then you look at other people like, let's think who's kind of gotten better over time. Um, but you think it's something that somebody can develop. It just, some people have it innately and some people don't, but the, but the person that doesn't can develop it. Yeah, I, I do. I think one person I look at right now thinking about that is, somebody like Colin Morikawa. Um, he came out young. He had last year, he had a missed putt in the playoff of like three feet um, to tie or, or potentially win. I don't remember. Um, and then he had a couple close calls last year and then it just seemed different in the PGA championship last year, which he won. Um, and he talked about working on, on getting his mental game, right. And he felt like that helped him out a lot. So I think, it can be developed. I think it's helpful if you already have it and you could develop it further, but I, I do think it's like a combination of having it and being able to work on it and practice in those kind of clutch moments. Cause I don't think it just happens immediately. Like most people in major championships, they're not going to come through on the first time. I feel like when you look at a major championship leaderboard, you can see and pick out, you're like, all right, this guy's not winning. This guy's not winning. This guy's not winning they've never been there before they haven't been able to feel those pressures and those stressors before um so i think it's definitely built up with experience and just innately some people have it too 
Right. So that might be where an instance where you just see somebody that has more of the experience, like you said, has just a leg up because they can pull themselves together. They've been there before. They've done it before. Um, you know, I think you see a lot of people have one big major win and then you never hear about them again. And I just start to wonder like what happens there. I think they have all the physical traits, but there's just something mentally where they, they found success, they lost success and that defeats them. And that kind of goes into the next person that, that we're going to talk about is where it affects somebody off the course. Um, and, and that failure, you know, a lot of people, a lot of high level athletes or just regular people focus a lot on the failure rather than the success stories. So who would you like to talk about next? About that? So next up, uh, a surprise story going into the U S open this week, this past week, Matthew Wolf came back after a couple months. Uh, he just kind of fell off the face of the, the golf planet, basically. Um, he had a lot of early success on a PGA tour. He won an event when he was like 20 or 21 years old. I think he's 22 now. And then, like I said, he's been gone for like four months. And what he talked about over, over the weekend is he came, he came out a lot about it a little bit more, uh, some anxiety and just a lot of stress that he's been having and making him not even want to like pick up a golf club or play at all. And he said that, uh, from the point that he was, he's picked up a golf club for the first time up until about five months ago these last five months are the worst he's ever played golf in his entire life. Um, and it's not all physical. A lot of it he was saying was mental and, and you would think, all right, like he's, he's a young kid. He's 22 years old now. What, what could possibly make him feel the way he does not want to play anymore being this stressed out. Um, and I feel like until, until you have to react to fame and fortune and kind of being under the spotlight, you never know how you're actually going to react. And unfortunately uh, he wasn't, he didn't deal with it well and he was in a dark spot and he admitted that and it affected his, not only his golf game, but it's just daily life. Um, so mental game is a struggle, whether it be on the course or off the course, this is more of a, uh, that mental aspect that, people talk about more serious than just blowing up on a golf course. It's actually like having mental um, awareness and knowing about anxiety and depression and stress and what it can do for you. Uh, and that's kind of what was going on with uh, Matthew Wolf recently. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, view athletes as athletes and don't realize that they go home at the end of the night and they have to lay their head on a pillow and somehow sleep, even though they missed a short putt and that's their livelihood. You know, sometimes I have a hard time sleeping if I can't figure out what I'm doing with a patient because it's just a difficult case. Um, and that, you know, while it's important in itself, you know, it's, it's, I'm on a small stage. It's just me and the patient, but uh, these athletes are performing on a national stage. They, they can go back and watch their mistakes over and over again. They can hear, you know, national pundits talk about the mistakes that they made. So they're not just athletes. They have to go home and deal with their failures, deal with their successes. Um, and it's a roller coaster. And a lot of people will see those failures more than they'll, they'll appreciate their successes. Yeah. And one thing for him that he was talking about too, is that he, he would get even more upset if he wasn't playing well, because he felt like he had to give fans like a good show. Um, and then that further just wore down on him because <clears throat> he wasn't playing well. And then it continued to, kind of spiral, spiral, spiral until he got to the point where he was. Uh, and then even just applying that, kind of like you're saying, applying it 
away from golf, away from the PGA tour, even if you're an average Joe and you're, if you are playing golf, your mindset outside of golf can definitely have a huge effect on your daily life. Um, so whether it be like you hate your job or having stressful life events, difficulty at home, that can all add up to sure your, your game on the course, but also everything else that's going on um, off the course as well. Yeah. I always like to bring it to Philly sports just because of our background. Um, but you, I think, you know, we always think about Brandon Brooks because he suffered from anxiety in ways that he would vomit before and during games um, because he's, he's got real things that he's got to deal with and then go and perform in front of millions of people. Um, so just think about the nerves. Like, I don't know if you've ever played tournament golf or, you know, really, really, I know you played high school golf, but you know, high school is different um, because you're on a team, but like tournament golf, when you go up there and there's a bunch of people that you're competing against, they're all watching you. That pit in your stomach is so difficult. And that's just, that's just local tournament golf. Imagine if you're going up and they announce your name, you know, now up to the T Dr. Dr. Mraggs. You've got to go up there and play the best four rounds of your life and then do it the next weekend. Um, you know, that's, I can't imagine that. So to, to have these athletes deal with that, I can't imagine what, what all of them are going through, let alone somebody with, with some sort of mental health background. I think about that all the time. Like if I was up there, I'd be, I'd top it immediately. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sure you get used to it, but like, like, mm -hmm. uh, even when we're playing, like, just, just like scrambles and like, like tournaments, mm -hmm. I still, and if there's like a big backup behind us, I, I still feel like, oh my God, like I got to hit this, like they're all watching, uh, but it doesn't yeah. matter at all. But I, just going from that to like the biggest stage in the world, I can't, I can't imagine. Right. Are you one of those people that when there's a backup and you have people watching you that you don't know, do you put hit, do you usually hit it well or hit it poorly? I usually hit it pretty well, actually. Yeah. Me I too. used to, I used to not, um, but now that I've gotten better, I, like, I I'm confident that I'm going to hit the ball now. Yeah. Cause I used to be like, oh my God, I don't even know if I'm going to hit it. Um, but now I'm like confident that I can make good contact. I don't worry about it as much. Um, I just know I'm just going to smack one out there and it'll be fine. I'll make good contact. Even if it's not perfect, it's going to be fine. Yeah. I always find that I play my best golf when people are watching. So if I could just pay like a crowd, a crowd of 20 people <laughs> to follow me around, that'd be great. Nice. Yeah. So then looking at where, cause obviously we're physical therapists looking at how the interaction of mental health and where kind of PTs can play a role. So knowing, knowing the interaction of, of us. And so we look at pain all the time and we look at how environmental factors like anxiety, stress, depression, stuff like that can, can affect people in the development of pain. I think we're, we're in a lot better position than a lot of other providers at kind of picking these factors out and, and getting through to whether it be patients or players and helping them get through tough times. Like we've been trained on this stuff and trying to pick it out we see it every day at clinics and wherever we treat. And I think we just have uh, more of a unique kind of trained eye based on the amount of like one-to-one -one time that we have with patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say that you and I are trained to help people mentally with their golf game, but Correct. like you said, we are trained to pick out those, what we call yellow flags, things that can impact somebody's um, recovery and those things are usually psychosocial, like you mentioned. So mm -hmm. stress, sleep, all the anxiety, 
we can pick those things out and just speaking with somebody, seeing how somebody moves. Um, so we can be an avenue of connecting people to professionals that are qualified to help those things. Yep. So yeah, we talk about golf performance. That's the, the topic of our, of our show. And aside from PT, um, you know, maybe not everybody goes to see a sports psychologist because we're not, we're not professional athletes. Insurance ain't covering that. No, unfortunately not. (laughs) But I think one of those things, like you and I said, the mental aspect of the game is so important that, yeah, if you want to go down that avenue, certainly do it because you, that can help your game. Um, But outside of that, if you're struggling mentally and emotionally outside of the, the golf game, we can help direct you to, to people with that yeah exactly like jeff said we're not uh we're not psychologists we're not mental health professionals but we we can pick up on these um these kind of environmental traits that can be affecting you and so we can talk it out with you and then if we feel like you need more than that we can refer you to um other practitioners that can help you a little bit more yeah we can help so um Moving forward, you know, if you are going to see any sort of healthcare professional, that would be somebody that you want to talk to first. Um, you know, even again, if it's, if it's just a PT, we spend a lot of time with people. You know, I have a golfer I'm working with right now. I've seen him for 12 minutes so far. He's, he's getting much better. But if I ever felt like there was something, a yellow flag that popped up, I feel like I have the rapport with that person that I would feel confident in saying, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, is there something I can help you with or somebody I I can connect you with? Um, So even if, you know, even if you're just going to see a PT or a chiropractor or a physician, you know, have that conversation with that person because, you know, they might be able to help you out more than than themselves. Yeah. Anything else on mental health that you got? No, I don't think so. I think understanding that there's a big mental, you know, it's, it's a mental competition as much as it is a physical competition. Uh, you know, I, I like to think about having to recover between and during holes. You know, you, again, if you make one bad shot, you can't let it destroy you. You know, you can't let that, that quicksand effect happen. You can't let that snowball into, you know, I, I always talk to my dad about, you got to avoid the eights and nines on a, on a golf course, you just can't let one bad drive affect you that much. Um, you know, I always have that whole hero effect. I'm, I'm going to be a hero on this hole. You can't go into it thinking that way. Um, you know, you got to collect yourself after each bad shot, after each good shot. Uh, it's, it's a mental sport as much as it is physical. Absolutely. So as always, thank you guys for listening. We'll, uh, pick out a, a topic for two weeks from now and, Thank you for joining us uh, as we continue to help you optimize your body and improve your game and improve your mental health as well. So make sure you subscribe, check out the podcast, obviously. And then we got socials, myself everywhere. And then Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Kurtz DPT. And then on the my TPI website as well, right? Yep. Feel free to reach out to us. If you have anything specific you want us to cover in future podcasts, you know, slide into our DMs or tag us on Twitter. Absolutely. All right. See you guys in two weeks. Peace. Later. Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Lift off. <laughs>